Hey there, nerd. All alone again tonight? Well, let me make sure you can have some company. Go to your phone and look up Awful Neutral Podcast. Leave me a message of what you want us to do. You can leave your comment wherever you want. Awful Neutral is five gold for the first minute and seven gold for each additional minute. Credit card fees may apply. We do not guarantee happiness. God is a lie. I'll even give you advantage. Foolish mortals, to awful, neutral. Welcome to the Awful Neutral Podcast. I am your Dungeon Master, Damian Mercado. With me, as always, is Clint Beiger as... Artificarian. (laughs) Dave Catlins as... Kevin. Jesse Egan as... Chad Pingfley. And the very snorty Surrey Lee Steiner <laughs> as... It's just Gertrude. Unfortunately, a couple of our cast members couldn't be here today. AG could not be here. She had a bunch of work to do for the very popular Muller She Wrote and Daily Beans podcast that she does. And Caleb Cleveland had some had something to do with family. Let's pretend he's doing some awesome work for his new project with uh, that he's working on for Call of Cthulhu, I think. <gasps> wow, that's amazing. Thank you, Huel Hauser. <laughs> <laughs> Salvador Biesca really wanted to be here. He can't wait to reunite with his fantasy mom. And because he views this show as free therapy. <laughs> I think we all do. Hey, if you, if you tag this episode with fantasy mom, we might get a follow from Pornhub. Nice. And that would probably help. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. There are going to be some stepmoms fucking seducing every one of you guys. That should be the name of this episode, Fantasy yeah. Mom. <laughs> I'm Chud Momsley. Chud Momsley. <laughs> Chud Momsley. Me and your father, Chud Fathersley. <laughs> <laughs> Chud, help me. I'm stuck under this table. <laughs> what if Sorry. we find out that Chud had like... Um... This conversation was actually a lot more lighthearted than uh, what I was going to say because Salvador Vizca wanted to be here, but unfortunately was experiencing a veterinary emergency. And if you follow him on Twitter, you know that he is a big animal lover. We hope that one of the children he'll never have. They are children. I hope that one of his do- his dogs and or cat is feeling better. We're big Sal lovers. Yeah. Last time on the Awful Neutral podcast, the party made their way to the tavern that Mistress Andariel had recommended upon entering. They decided to investigate who the attacker on the temple was. While there, they discovered that there have been several attacks on homeless people around the merchant quarter of Duke's Court. Due to high investigation and perception checks, the party also discovered that the murders were centered around sewers. That each of them had occurred next to a manhole cover leading down into the sewers. Oh shit, all the TMNT references, that's right. (laughs) I just had an idea. If we pose as homeless people and try to draw these foes out, 
maybe that's a way to figure out what's going on. Ooh, who's like say that. that in character. You guys have such unexpected solutions to this shit, and I love it. And then you can be like, Gertrude, you don't need to do anything already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gertrude, you need to clean yourself up a little bit to pass this homeless. I think I could lay in the gutter as is, too. They'd be like, look at that homeless cow. Uh, lastly, to gain further information on the attacks that had been happening in the cities, they saw a couple of clerics of the Temple of Weejas playing drinking games and acting super broy at the corner table of the bar. Gertrude and Kevin decided that they would go pump them for information. Kevin revealed himself to be a beer pong legend. Gertrude was able to seduce the broiest and leader of the... You've uh, seduced so many people on this show so far. It's my thing. It is. She targets like the easiest people, the well, drunk idiots. Do I? So. pretty... Sometimes you need to know your, your audience. Yeah, you know it very well. Polly Sr. was the most noble notch on that belt. Yeah. I wear that one with pride. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. When Kevin was done demolishing his opponents in a game of beer pong, one thing led to another, and he ended up delivering a very hard, very mean tackle to the leader of the Temple of Weejazz, who high-fived him while clearly in pain and clearly concussed, <laughs> and said, yeah, bro, high-five. He liked being tackled. Two final things happened. Tifi and Chud made off towards the mechanics to work on that repeater crossbow and other things that Chud, uh, and other schematics that Chud had gained during previous uh, clerical work for the mechanic. And Gertrude got a quote-unquote booty call from Mercutio at the wow. end of the night, and she stepped outside to take it. Was that the guy that you seduced? That Gallagher. Oh, so this is a different, this is a fucking different guy. No, remember Gal the Gallagher yeah, yeah. character? No, but that's came? another guy on top of the, you're killing it. Gertrude's got it going. It. She's killing going it. Going on. Well, I think this you is should... the fruit flesh guy. Yeah. He's going to send you actual eggplants, not even the emojis. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> They're all smashed. Yeah, smashed in it. So you want me to, what with your what? <laughs> oh, I'll smash your eggplants. <laughs> Lastly, to explain Lothario's absence this episode, Lothario actually tore it up on the dance floor and ended up, at the end of the episode, like 1970s Hugh Hefner with two girls over his arms. And let's just, let's roll. Roll me a <laughs> d20. We're going to see what happens with, with, with Lothario. Natural 20. Wow. wow. Natural 20. Okay. Are you rolling as Lothario? Yes. Or are you rolling as me? <laughs> Lothario. Lothario had a hot three-way with two Jersey Shore bimbos from this bar. He got Blotto in the grotto. Lothario had one of the best nights of his young life. I was going to say, I, thought, I, I would have thought a natural 20 would uh, would lead to better than a Jersey Shore bimbos. But, <laughs> hey, what do I These are Lothario standards. <laughs> With a natural 20, they invited over several of their friends who were usually the good girl in the group, but they were going to make an exception just this one night to uh, give Lothario the greatest night of carnal fucking pleasure he's had. <laughs> Hope your dog gets better soon, Sal. And that's probably the only 20 he's going to roll. <laughs> <laughs> and he is so tired from that night, he yeah. can't be a part of today. Yeah. Uh, Lothario is essentially Podrick Payne right now. It's just a, a session that's lasted forever. He's Sting doing tantric sex right now. <laughs> he Don't ended bother up him. with more coke than he started with. So <laughs> There's a tie on Lothario's door at the end. Don't bother him. <laughs> Furthermore, after their investigation and finding out all they could, when they got tired, Gonk and Malison decided to retire to their ship. Malison, is there anything else you'd like to add? No. Thank you very much. That was amazing. That was pretty good. Thank you. Did Gonk write that line? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an original. Wow, two. Gonk wrote that one, though. He did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he mentally gave you that one. <laughs> 
so we pick up there in the bar that night. Kevin has walked back inside. So we pick up there with Gertrude walking back into the bar. Kevin is still partying with the members of the Temple of Weejas, minus the leader who is outside puking into the well in mm. the middle of the Merchant District Square. Mmm, cholera. <laughs> <laughs> you have died. <laughs> uh, I'm the only one still in the bar. Gertrude's there. Lothario's crushing it upstairs. Yeah. Well, if everyone else is gone and Gertrude's still here, I'm going to go see what's up. Like, okay, where is everybody? What are we doing? Okay, so. Go find her. The hour is late in this bar. People are starting to retire for the evening. The bar is maybe at 50% capacity. Even so, it's still fairly crowded. This was a pretty busy happening place. Kevin is able to find Gertrude. He makes his way through patrons around. Uh, as, as he's making his way through, he's getting a lot of high fives from people who saw him play pong, uh, beer pong earlier. <laughs> Dude, that dude's a beer pong legend, bro. <laughs> I, I saw you throw that ball. It was impressive. <laughs> Sign my boobs. <laughs> How'd you do that with the mallet? Kevin sees a dwarven maiden, stout in frame, pulls down her top somewhat to reveal a portion of her breast and throws Kevin a quill with ink on it and asks Kevin to sign her boob. Does Kevin sign her boob? Boy, sign this. Ye old How sharpie. Much hair is on it? What's that? How hairy is her boob? <laughs> Just a little bit of nipple it's hair. It's the top of a hobbit's foot hair. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually... But it's strawberry blonde, so it's not that much. It's actually fairly decent cleavage. Problem is, the beard hair just is kind of in the way. She she flips it over her shoulder. (laughs) I'd already decided what he was doing before all this description. (laughs) Kevin walks right by the lady. He takes the quill, tucks it behind his ear, pats on the shoulder and says, That'll do, pig. And keeps walking. (laughs) I don't know why I just wanted to say that. You know that, that she's still like, Oh my God! Touched me. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know you want it, she says. As uh, Kevin continues, uh, all the other bar patrons laugh at this sweet burn. Kevin just perhaps unintentionally delivered. Uh, definitely unintentionally. Unintentionally oh, delivered. Gertrude, what are you doing in this bar? I think Gertrude is going to order herself a nightcap because she's feeling good after that phone call, and then she's going to, after that drink, she's going to head. Hit the hay. All right. Gertrude approaches the bar. Kevin uh, sees Gertrude and is heading that way. Uh, as Gertrude approaches the bar, the bartender says, It's almost last call. Can I get you anything, sweetie? Yeah, give me your strongest drink that you have. What would be the equivalent of, like, an adios, motherfucker? Bon voyage. <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs> Au revoir, you giant turd. Oh, I understand. I'll pull you a natural 20. As long as it's not a natty light. We got that too if you want. But now I'll take the nat 20. Absolutely, sweetheart. And she, bartender turns around and starts mixing, grabs a variety of clear liquors and starts pouring them into a giant fucking mug. It's like one of those fishbowl drinks. Yes. <laughs> they set it on fire too. <laughs> they set you on fire? She's like, mmm, tasty. Gertrude, where has everyone gone? Oh, I don't know. I stepped out to take a phone call and I don't know. I just came back. What was the phone call? I don't know. Don't worry about that. What phone call? (laughs) (laughs) Kevin's a little confused. Roll a deception check. Kevin rolled an insight check. Oh, God. I rolled a four. I don't even know what my modifier is. I got an 18 with the modifiers. (laughs) So please tell me that while she said that, the phone is in her hand. (laughs) (laughs) She's still folding it up and putting it in her pocket. Kevin, you know she's lying to you. The phone call you just had outside. (sighs) Kevin, I'm going to tell you something, okay? Sometimes, when a man loves a woman, he calls her at a late hour in the night because he wants to give her something. So what was the phone call? It was one of those phone calls. 
For who? For me. Kevin looks away. That can't be right. <laughs> <laughs> At any time, you can roll an insight check if you think somebody's lying. 13 plus 5, five 18. You think she's telling the truth? With an 18? The call was okay. for her. I still don't believe that's what really happened. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to listen to the episode, Jerry, to find out. You really don't believe I got a booty call from Mercutio? Well, you put the word love in there, I think. And that's what... I'm addicted to love. <laughs> so are we going to meet your friend now? No, he's not coming till tomorrow. So I'm just getting myself a nightcap because I need to rest up and make sure I'm nice and limber for tomorrow night. Kevin shudders. <laughs> <laughs> Can you help me stretch later tonight? I think I'm busy later tonight. Oh. What are you doing? Something else. <laughs> uh, Gallo appears in front of Kevin. He actually appears in front of Gertrude. He is his normal form, the bright pulsating ball, unless Dave wants to make him look like something else. We can do whatever you want. I was, because we kept, I kept changing voices because I didn't like what it was. I came up with two I would like, but you can just do whatever, and you can have whatever reason if you pick one of these, whatever you would be better impersonating. I was going to either uh, Christopher Walken, or Cookie Monster. Both. Mix the two. Christopher <laughs> Cookie Monster. I had to have this uncomfortable cookie in my ass. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's really good. Uh, let's go with Cookie Monster. I think I could do that one a little. Okay, that wasn't a very good Cookie Monster. I'm just going to say that right up front. Well, Give I was trying to do the walk in. Like, I was trying okay. to mix it right. All right. Gallo uh, apologizes for not showing up in another form and hopes to speak with you, but he can tell that Kevin's not listening because he's not in a form that Kevin recognizes. Gallo gives a deep sigh, which is weird because you're pretty sure Gallo doesn't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) I've been thinking about it, and after viewing your performance at the Abbey recently... I believe I know the form that would interest you the most. Gallo starts morphing into this creature. He grows two arms at first, a head starts to sprout up, but really no neck. Gallo is starting to take form. His texture, instead of a being of light, it becomes uh, more fluffy, furry, stringy, matty tufts of hair. His color slowly changes from orange into a deep blue. Mm. Eyes slowly take shape, and they're two large googly eyes that don't seem to focus on anything. Uh, A mouth slowly takes shape, huge, able to engulf several cookies, let's say, at once. (laughs) This blue creature stands in front of you. People from our world would recognize it from KPBS favorite, Cookie Monster. See, now this is the cease and desist I'm most looking forward to. Hello, Kevin. (laughs) I brought cookies for you. He holds up a tray of cookies. Oh, Kevin loves cookies. He's going to take one. Yeah, uh, we spent two episodes ago just looking for cookies. Yeah. Like a lot of the episode. Keep in mind, this is all happening in front of Gertrude while Gertrude's talking to him. And Kevin, Gertrude can't see the guy or the cookies. Gertrude no, cannot see. No, but I definitely see. can see your eyes moving yeah. like you're having a visual hallucination. <laughs> As Kevin reaches up to grab the cookies, his hands pass right through the tray and the cookies. I'm sorry. That was a mean trick of me. I can't really give you cookies, Kevin. <laughs> And the creature then puts the tray over its mouth and just pours the entire cookies into its mouth. I'm sorry, you couldn't eat them. Somebody had to eat them, Kevin. Oh, I love it. That's great. I need to speak to you later. I have much to discuss about your powers, Kevin. Can you bring real cookies later? Hmm, that's a good question. 
I think I would have to be on the Fae Plane in order to give you those cookies, Kevin. But hey, if you ever come to the Fae Plane, I will give you many cookies. I do not come empty-handed, Kevin. No, I don't. Kevin stops for a second. He looks... What's the guy's name? He's my own guy. I forget his name. What's Gallo. his name? Gallo. Gallo. He looks at Gallo. He looks at Gertrude. He looks at Gallo. Is this one of those phone calls she was talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, Kevin. Although we will be going to sleep together tonight, it is only because we inhabit the same body, Kevin. <laughs> I have been thinking. You have not been using the powers that I have bestowed upon you. Perhaps shooting lasers out of your tail is not your thing. So, I thought... Maybe you could challenge the Fae King's energy a different way. Channel? Channel. Channel. Hold out your hand, Kevin. Kevin holds out both hands because he doesn't know which one. Gala retreats into Kevin's body. Cookie Monster jumps inside of Kevin. Ooh, like a quantum leap. Wow. <laughs> so to Gertrude, Kevin is just standing at the bar holding his hands out in front of him. <laughs> Correct. However. <laughs> it's how- like right next to her breast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kevin, I didn't know you felt this way. <laughs> However, at this point... In his hand, uh, an orange hatchet made of energy appears. Now, can Kevin Gertrude can. see that? Kevin can't. Uh, Gertrude can absolutely see that. Okay. Ooh. Gertrude, it just looked like he summoned a lightsaber, but it took the form of a glowing orange hatchet. Kevin, listen. It's one thing for you to start to make a move on my best, my breasts, but uh, I don't think that's going to fit. Yikes. Yikes. From inside, Kevin, you hear a cookie monster shudder. (laughs) (laughs) Throw it, Kevin. Pick a target and throw it. Careful, it will do a significant amount of damage. Kevin looks around the bar to see if there's like a a spot that he can throw it at where he's not going to kill somebody. Good call. Is there a dartboard? Yes, there are three dartboards in the back. You can actually see a group of dwarfs playing cricket there. Okay. Go ahead and give me an attack roll if you're going to throw it at the dartboard. Yeah, board. he's definitely. He's 17 plus 6, 23. One of these dwarves had uh, just hit a bullseye and was going, getting ready to mark this bulls when all of a sudden Kevin rears back his arm and throws from across the bar uh, this spiritual hatchet. This personalized Eldritch Blast sails through the air, spinning, going in between bar patrons as it goes until it finally splits the dart in the center, chopping the dart in half, which is something you would only be able to see if you were able to stop that moment at a time for an instance, because what everybody else saw, if you viewed it at regular speed, was a hatchet hitting a dartboard and exploding, just detonating the whole board, <laughs> pieces of it. He Robin Hooded that dart. Yes. That yes. Was awesome. Great throw, Kevin. Meanwhile, the bartender sees you. Hey, what are you doing here? With this is a business. My bad. You're gonna have to pay for that. I'm. This is not coming out of what Mistress Andario had already worked out. Oh yes, my name is Lothario. Just add it to the tab. <laughs> All right, Lothario. And we're gonna upgrade the system because, fuck you. That's why. <laughs> we're gonna get a better dartboard with platinum dots. A hatch-resistant dartboard. <laughs> fucking Lothario. She goes back to angrily cleaning some glasses. <laughs> Great job, Kevin. You could use this power whenever you want. Kevin hears from within himself. Okay. I'm stoked. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. That is cool. So I see you have some kind of hallucination. A hatchet appears. Throw it, and red orange comes. And then I'm going to just turn to the bartender and go... What was this drink again? I think it's too strong. (laughs) I'm not one to turn down alcohol, but I think I'm done. Roll me a constitution check, Gertrude. 18 total. Gertrude, you're certainly drunk, 
but you really have to know Gertrude to know she's drunk. Perhaps it's years of hard living and hard drug abuse, but that was a very powerful drink. Gertrude, you just took it like a champ. You're drunk, but you certainly have your wits about you better than most. But I'm done. I'm yeah. done drinking <laughs> after drink. that. You do have a room. I, 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 are you Gertrude? Yes. Yeah, we yes. have a room up here. It's been paid for for Mr. Sondario. Feel free to go up there oh. whenever. Uh, here's the key. Thank God. Okay. Night. <laughs> Say good night to a bartender. Good night. Oh, well, well s- s- sweet dreams to you too, sugar plum. Yeah, okay. I'm a little upset about this dartboard still. Just get the fuck up. <laughs> they all go to uh, bed. All right, uh, Chud and Tifi. As we're walking, I want to talk to Gallo. Okay. This weapon, do I need to retrieve it after it's thrown, or does it just generate in my hand? No, it is unlimited, like the cookies that I enjoy so much. <laughs> there is no end. Every time you throw it, it will release its energy, and you can just make another one. Some would say once per round, one per attack per round, <laughs> unless certain feats are chosen. <laughs> can I make a request that that Cookie Monster says some really, like, deep, poetic quotes of just, like, you know, like, life is limited, and you're, I don't know, just, like, I eat cookies, therefore I am. Yeah. <laughs> a little better than that, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off, all of you. I was on the spot. That was good. <laughs> also, you're asking Damien to say something deep as someone else. That's like too Just like some existentialistic quotes or something like that of like... Yeah, Damien. You know, strong, you're just like, too. it appears in your hand, but also remember that death is That life eminent. is pain. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm going to go read when some... When you die, nothing happens. I'm going to read some Nietzsche. I'll get back to you next episode. How's that sound? Perfect. <laughs> So he throws it, say, for example, it hit the dartboard, it exploded, so there's no remnant of it left, it's just gone. No, it's like Decorative Cabbage's Eldritch Blast. There's probably orange energy smoking right there. Got it, okay. And he just creates it and throws it. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Love and, that, it. and that's your that's your ranged attack now. Yes. We're going to rewind back just before Gertrude returned from outside from her phone call, or her rocky talky conversation, to when Chud and Teefy were leaving the bar and headed towards the mechanics workshop. This would be... Um, within the hour that I cast my uh, halfway to the Lothario disguise. <laughs> oh, your flesh face? Um, yeah, I'm trying to look more human. I, I was, you know, practicing my blinking and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, so we, we start leaving, and um, uh, the this dynamic duo, the giant cowman and the little weirdo <laughs> each with a bird on their shoulder too yes. uh, i got the owl you got the Hudson <laughs> hawk <laughs> quite a sight to see and they and pass a bird person by with a little cow on his shoulder <laughs> <laughs> axes start flying at all of us <laughs> and uh tifi kind of takes a moment to gather his uh courage being a little nervous to talk much after uh, <laughs> failing uh so much at it and um says, uh, um, so Mr. Chud, um, yes, sir, you're very interesting. Why, thank you. You're very smart, but you you don't always seem it, and, well, well, it's like Columbo. You ever seen the show Columbo? He acts like a dumbass most of the time. Seems to work for him, so, uh, I took a page out of Peter Falk's book, and I act like an idiot most of the time, but, uh, don't be fooled. I know, uh, I know the ropes. I was gonna say, it's, um, 
Roll a history check, Tiffy. <laughs> <laughs> see, let's check and see if you've heard oh, of the show Columbo. Natural, Natural 20. twenty plus. I think my history is plus ten. So <laughs> wasting all of our good record. rolls on horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> sure hope no more goat demons show up. They're gonna be out of rolls. Tiffy, one of the few programs you were able to view uh, during your time growing up in isolation was the popular TV show featuring the dwarven detective Columbo. (laughs) (laughs) And one good eye and one glass eye. Who pretended to be dumb, but was actually a very uh, aged and experienced investigator. Mm -hmm. He wore a shitty raincoat. I just one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) You remember what's his classic catchphrase. (laughs) I just one more thing. Ah, yes. Um, He was always saying, um, I just one more thing. Yep, that's him. You yes. got it. Um, he's he's very popular. Um, well, I, I guess I've also noticed you're you're constantly um, acting when you, you when you take on different people's forms, and I've been inspired by you. I've I've oh. been trying to be more accepted, and well, when Cabbage died, or well, he's not dead. He's just gone. I, I didn't think much of it, but. He also always talked for me, and he, he, uh, we had a system, and he knew what to say or how to ask me what to say, and then with him gone, I just don't know how to have um, conversations. Like, well, listen, I'm here to help you. I mean, uh, whatever you need, if you if you need a talking buddy, I could be your uh, Tiffy Whisperer. <laughs> that, that would be um, nice at first, but I think I should learn how to talk for myself without terrible things happening. Like, every single time I try to talk for myself. Um, yeah, you might need a little impulse control. That's true. You I mean, folks aside, I, I always run into trouble when I talk for myself. Yeah. What's the size differential between these two? Chud's like seven and a half feet tall. TV's like five feet tall. Cool. Oh, I was hoping he was smaller, so Chud just like put his hand up his ass like a puppet, and just like <laughs> <laughs> just ventriloquist. I'll talk for you. <laughs> if I mean, he's ever, a robot, it'd be. If you've ever seen somebody who's seven feet tall standing next to somebody who's five feet tall, I would think that is absolutely something you could do. No, the photo of Shaq and his girlfriend or his wife. Oh yeah, or oh, Shaq and Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. That's yeah. the one I saw. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you saw that Shaq and it. Kevin Hart, that is what just we throwing it out there. Just that's what it looks like. <laughs> Maybe that could be TV's next form. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm uh, too heavy. Yeah. As small as I am, I'm very heavy. I do. Uh, there was one other option. Kevin called me on the on the rocket talkie, and he suggested I put my fist up your ass and then use you <laughs> as a ventriloquist dummy. Now, I don't think you'd be into that, but, you know, you no, probably want to learn how to I, speak on your own. I, th- that's much preferred. I would rather just have you say things in that's my good, stead. That's good, because I don't want to do that either. Yes, I mean... But. In the distance, you're cowards. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, we could uh, work on our uh, speech therapy together, if you like. I mean, uh, I'm happy to help you. There, I think most of it is just impulse control. You know, when you're tempted to tell uh, a high-level paladin to go fuck themselves, might want to <laughs> keep that to yourself. You yes. notice those burn marks on your scalp? Uh, didn't work out. Well, that's that's what I'm talking about. It's, I'm wise, but for some reason, when it comes to talking with people, I make terrible decisions. And I used to just be smart enough not to say anything, but I don't know. I've just felt off since I've woken up from my. Oh, I, I felt a scroll. Uh, when I woke up, and I, maybe I should read that a little bit later, but first, I want to look more like one of you, like a 
well, flesh bean. Like a giant cow? No, just, um, well, maybe. We could try that look, but uh. I just, I feel maybe trying to fit in would help me understand people better. I see. You're trying to blend in a little bit. Well, I understand that, but, uh, you know, you're a unique feller, and you gotta be proud of that, too. Can, can you go shopping with me? Well, shit, yeah, I can. It's All gonna right. be like a pretty woman. Pretty teefy. Let's okay. go in the morning, though. It's it's a tad late. I think all the stores are closed. And, right. uh, you know. And, by the way, I'm not exactly a fashion icon. I don't know if you noticed. I'm wearing mostly moss. But I got a good eye for what looks good on robots. So, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's go tomorrow. I think we can get the whole, uh, get the crew together and have a little uh, modeling session for you. That sounds great. Um, well, thank you for your time. Let's make some shit. All right, let's do it. So we are heading toward the uh, mechanic. And uh, on the way, too, I just want to fill him in maybe on some of what he missed and tell him about Grayson, the Decemberist Society, um, evil fake Gallagher, mm-hmm. and uh, just so that he kind of is up to speed on all the things he's missed. Uh, he doesn't really know much about fake Gallagher yet because he was. you were with okay, me so, when that happened. Okay, so I'll uh, let him know about the other things. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And neither one of us know that much about fake Gallagher. Yeah, yeah that is true. Uh, only three of you know about fake Gallagher, yeah. and Gonk has just seen the carriage. Mm. He just knows you guys were dropped off by somebody <laughs> who works for that organization. Although gotcha. a fake Gallagher could only be more good. Gallagher too. <laughs> no, but yeah, so I'll, I'll fill him in on the Decembrists and Grayson and whether or not we're going to get t-shirts and things. Same. Oh, you got t-shirts. Oh, yeah, so we got t-shirts. Yeah, so oh, that's good. Yeah. I'll pull back my, my moss vest <laughs> and my denim undershirt with those little <laughs> pearl snap buttons. And I open it up and underneath is my Decemberist shirt, which looks a lot like the awful neutral logo. But I'm a tad bit large for it, so it looks like a belly shirt on yours truly. It's riding up quite a bit. You can see my cow navel. See, that, that's exactly what I'm talking about. You have f- several layers of clothing, which I don't need clothing, so I never really put much mind into it. I, I think it's time that I, I tried to, you know, fit in so yes tomorrow we shop but i like it thank you for filling me in on all this very important information i like to know everything you betcha and And you got one of them rocket talkies too here you know if if, uh, you didn't get one earlier i think we gave you one but but yes this is how they work you just uh you turn on you press this little pebble on the side and then uh you you uh you talk and then lothario generally don't listen (laughs) hey chud did you see that I knew what, how to use them already, and I, I didn't interrupt you. That was very good. Wow, you really working on your tact after all. That's well, real good of you. This whole scene kind of reminds me of uh, Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man. Like, <laughs> yes. TV, you're coming with me to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I dropped a whole box of uh, match. What is it? What is it? <laughs> no, like toothpicks, toothpicks on the ground. Yeah. I go, Tifi, how many are those? Can you can you tell me? Tifi says, all of them. That's uh, uh, five, five, 573. All right, we got one more thing. It's we actually do. seven toothpicks. <laughs> is it, should we roll for that? Yeah, yes, Let's absolutely. Um, 18 plus my intelligence modifier, which is for uh, 22. Holy shit! Okay, uh, that was not not only was that extremely accurate. Tifi also knows that Wapner's on at seven. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'll tell you this, Tifi. After we finish buying your new clothes and you look all pretty, 
we gonna go to Fantasy Vegas. Well, um, what do you say we uh, get get looking at those plans? Yeah, so I break out the score. Are we at the mechanic yet? How serendipitous, just as you guys are finishing the conversation, is the exact moment in which you stroll upon the mechanic's front door. Excellent. Well, here we are at the mechanics. I say we uh, knock and check them out and see if we can get these scrolls working. I got two of them uh, right now that I've translated. One is for that repeater crossbow, and the other is for these special boots. Boots of athleticism. They look like uh, New Balances or Nike's Air Jordans. However, you, whatever flavor you want to put on them, Perfect. that when you eventually make them, they will look like that. Okay. I gotta, Converses. I gotta think Uggs. Let's let's see how uh, conscious, and um, we'll see if if. If we can get a good deal on the materials we, we need, and all let's right, have fun. I knock. Upon knocking on her thick coke door, shave and a haircut, two bits. Roger Rabbit jumps out. She opens up the door. What are you guys doing here? I'm trying to sleep. I was up getting water. Oh, uh, sorry to disturb you. I guess I didn't realize how late it was. It's like three in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Tiffy and I are we're we're night owls, and uh, in fact, that, that he's got one. But what we're here for is to use your uh, workshop. We don't need to keep you up. We just kind of wanted to use this area to build some stuff. She seems annoyed for a second. She adjusts her glasses. I mean, should we come back in the morning? No, no, no. That's fine. If you guys, you know, I know that feeling that when innovation hits you and you need to to start working, uh, absolutely, you can use my lab. I would be a monster to stand in the way of scientific creation. No. She claps her hands and the Warforged who were charging at their charging stations instantly snap to life. They began lighting the forges and starting up a lot of her equipment. You see Tesla coils crackle with energy. You see several machines, gears start to spin up. This whole factory starts to come to life in front of you. You hear the locomotive motor yeah. chugging along. Just lock up if you leave. I have a long day of research to do tomorrow, so uh, just try not to make too much noise. I'll see you in the morning. Alright, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a good night. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Sleepy deepy doops. Bed bugs? Oh, I'm not worrying about bed bugs. I'll never sleep. <laughs> there are none. Just forget about what he said. There's no bed bugs, okay? okay. It's just a slogan. You just you hear her... Uh, then I press to digitate a bunch of little bugs on the ground just running away. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> she wouldn't see it unless you did it in front of her, but no. you could. But uh, I do make the nightmare horse appear. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the mechanic uh, goes off to bed. You hear her door close. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we get to work on uh, either one of those. If you want to do the crossbow for Lothario, he might need it now that he's made so many enemies overnight. <laughs> we don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I would... Um, prefer to make something for you since you're, you've been so helpful for me. Oh, that's a damn nice friend. I appreciate it. Well, I do have this scroll. It's for um, Boots of Athleticism. And um, once we're done, it'll let me uh, jump around with y'all a little bit better. I'm, I'm not really the most athletic. I'm a, I'm a wizard. A wizard. And uh, I'd love to learn how to be a little bit more dexterous. Ah, yes. Um, this would be very beneficial to you. And... Um I see that there's some elements a little bit similar to Mr. Dandy's um, outfit that uh, w- with helps with dexterity. Yes, okay. Oh, I can, I can, I can do this quite easily. I still have a candy from Mr. Dandy. You absolutely. That it adds. Could be handy. It could be handy. Ah, <laughs> nice. If you eat it, it adds like a point of inspiration to the party. Yes. I don't really know what inspiration is. Inspiration means that on an ability check, an attack roll, anything that's not damage, they can have a 1d6 to roll with to help. Okay, it's magic candy of inspiration. As a free action, you can do something to inspire an ally. 
So does that mean I take the candy and then I have to do something to inspire him? A little dance. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. What I do is I, uh, I unwrap this beautiful candy that we got 40 million episodes ago. <laughs> and luckily I wrote down. And uh, I eat it and it tastes kind of like a watermelon and it's delicious. And, it th- and then it causes me to just cut a rug. And all you hear is, it's not unusual to be left by anyone. <laughs> and I do the Carlton. Chud, upon having this candy, is filled with positive energy. Chud snaps his fingers. Uh, Tom Jones's It's Not Unusual starts playing way above the volume that the mechanic would find appropriate. Uh, and Chud just starts dancing. Uh, uh, Tiffy. Um, despite your cold Warforged heart uh, Something grew inside you three sides You do feel this has an effect <laughs> he He's trying to be uh, More accepting of Silly things that don't make sense yeah. And uh, in the middle he joins of- in On the Carlton Nice! We're both doing the Carlton <laughs> Oh my god I wish we had video for this podcast oh, It's the best and I say are you inspired TV? It's not on ye to be inspired by and it won't. TV, give me a dexterity check. We're going to see how uh, awkward this dance is. Are you feeling it, Mr. Krabs? Oh, man. I, I'm sad to say it's a pretty good roll. Uh, 14 plus 3, 17. 17. Tiffy's just a step under acting great Alfonso Ribiera. There's a laugh track going in the background <laughs> as Tiffy's doing this dance. I hope the mechanic comes down and throws me out just like Jazzy Jeff. Yeah. Are you hear banging coming from above you? It's like she's hitting a broom. <laughs> I said quiet. You hear like a muffled tone. I turn it down a little. TV, this is all happening, I, I think, as you're looking at the schematics. Dancing while yeah. reading. <laughs> or he's at least placed them down in front of him. Awesome. looking at him while. All right, TV, you are inspired. Okay. Um, can. Um, what are mechanic? <laughs> yeah, that's the mechanic. <laughs> is this going to be an ability check? You can go ahead and add your intelligence plus proficiency. Because I can also cast guidance on myself to give myself another d4. Yeah, you guys I, really want this? I huh? do that. What are we trying to do? Make, just just make, make some, some boots. boots. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so I get a d6 from that from the song, and a d4 from from that. And uh, making the, the boots. I get to double my proficiency nice. with my Warforged uh, thing. So, TV, go ahead and give me a tinkering check with all those numbers. The guidance, inspiration from Chud, and the yeah. racial ability for on ability checks for Warforged. Tinkering ability checks for Warforged. Should be a very high number. Oh, and advantage with Chud. 24. 24 right now. And then plus... Uh, Plus six, that's uh, 30, plus my intelligence, uh, 33. Who are these shoes going to? Chud. How do you want them to look? Well, if he had rolled poorly, I wanted them to come out as Crocs. (laughs) (laughs) But since he rolled so well, uh, I'd like them to look like those old Jordans with that like elephant print kind of thing on the side. I think it's the original Jordans. And to paint the picture, uh, Tiffy's tinkering tools, he has a regular set as well, but uh, the ones that give him his proficiency bonus are integrated into his body. So um, as he's tinkering, scissors and everything just like whip out of his hands and stuff. And it's like Edward Scissorhands, uh, but tinkering. Tiffy Tinker Hands. <laughs> I, I picked like one of them's like a torch who able to do like quick spot welding. 
you know. No, the wow. torch just to light his cigarette while he works. <laughs> wow, don't show it's not Gertrude, don't, it's TV. Yeah, don't show and, this to Gertrude. And She'll during be this, the integration, or the uh, the the guy, my um, this guy's self disappears. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I become more forged, and I'm just. If all this banging comes in on the audio, it's just the mechanic. It's oh, this, this, this is keep fully it work. Yeah. What are you talking this about? This is fully work. <laughs> the mechanic of me just playing this music too loud. Well, now it's him working. Oh, okay. Now it's him banging away. <laughs> Chud was an experienced tinker in his village. Chud is certainly uh, a better I'm tinkered. Than, yeah, certainly better than your average person at tinkering. However, he is there to assist Tiffy and certainly does. He helps read him the plans. He, I'm the sous chef. He does measurements, so TV doesn't have to. Just helps make the process more efficient for TV. But this is really more of a learning experience for Chud than anything else, as he watches this Warforge do what it was created to do, was to build, to construct, wow. to create. I'm just in um, awe yeah. of this display. The mechanic has over 100 years of experience and has uh, invented many of the technologies that are mainstays. And the mechanic is not getting to see this, really. Oh, no, cannot see it at all. TV just has so much natural ability and specialized appendages that he was able to construct a a shoe. It is a white leather shoe. Well, it's pleather because I'm a cow. Gotcha. White pleather. You can't even tell any of the mechanical upgrades that TV has installed in it. You wouldn't know because of TV's craftsmanship that there are little springs. Are these the shoes from Goonies? <laughs> Not I want quite. They, these are shoes meant to assist in athleticism. Okay. In fact, they turned out so good that the original plans grant proficiency in athleticism mm-hmm. and advantage on athletic checks. These shoes are so good, you actually now have expertise, which is proficiency times two huh. in athleticism. Wow. Does uh, that help with armor class or anything like that? Or No, it, it would help you doing any athletics checks. Your you basic know, jumping around kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not your bread and butter. It's actually one of your weaknesses, but it's no longer a weakness for you. Cool. You have found some magic shoes that'll take you anywhere. So if I have to climb a rope or do anything athletic, it'll help me with that. Exactly. Right. Okay, that's and you, great. And because these are schematics, you could make them for other people if you wanted but most can, importantly, can they TV, cure your bunions. Uh, finish Thank the God. shoes and then start like tweaking and tuning and fixing some of the other stuff in the shop just because he gets carried away. Go ahead and give me an intelligence roll for that. Just so you know, this was not free. It costs materials. So okay. go ahead and whoever bankrolls this, go ahead and subtract 50 gold. I got it. From your persons. We're going to assume that the mechanic had all the supplies there. You guys just, because you are good stewards, that is what you owe for... I got a lot of money, so I got fourteen hundred gold apparently. Jesus, I only got nine hundred. I didn't even know I had that much. We need to replenish our spells. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll crash. Oh, right. um, the total for uh, the fixing stuff around the shop is a nineteen. You don't need to sleep as long, right? I need six hours of um, light um, light movement. Like I don't need. I can do more than just you know sit and you know whatever. I it's uh, better than um, what's it called trance. I can I can do things while TV while looking around the workshop uh, trying to figure out a project for his short time that he's allotted himself to stay awake where he could be of the most value and show gratitude towards the mechanics for letting TV use the facilities. TV sees that the Warforged that Mechanic employs are very out of date. The early models, their movement is very stiff and awkward. Their capabilities are limited. Chud would remember that these Warforged hadn't been programmed on how to turn a crank yet because (laughs) instructing them in each action takes a lot of time. TV is able to get into some of their wiring and some of their simple programming because these are not soul-infused Warforged. Basically, the, the way I look at it is the soul-infused um, their soul is their 
pro program like the data is within their soul rather than um, you know within the, the shell you get the feeling looking at this that the mechanic is not up to date with many of the newer more efficient ways to wire something you get the feeling that while she knows a great deal about a lot of technology, she's not an expert in any one field. And this is a field where, that TV specializes in. TV with a role like that, you have now greatly improved the functionality and efficiency of her Warforge. They now work better as a cohesive unit. They're able to lift more, get more work done, and train them to do tasks on their own just by showing them once. Can you license the music from the $6 million band to play while you say all that? TP's still kind of shaking his butt to the Carlton dance uh, <laughs> this entire time. You see a cot that perhaps the mechanic uses to take naps during the day. Too small for Chud, but Chud makes the best of it and sleeps there. I can sleep standing up. Um, Just don't tip me over. After my six hours of rest in the next uh, couple hours before Chud would wake up, I um, look at the scroll that has been uh, tucked in my pocket upon leaving Ogma. As Tifi opens up the scroll, the paper almost glows. Dull as it is, is emitting light. The scroll case is of a white ivory. It has the uh, symbol of Ogma, a blank scroll on it. As Tifi looks at it, go ahead and give me a perception check. 21. TV, as you're looking at this scroll, the words are changing. As soon as it is open and exposed to the air, the message has changed. You were able to kind of get some pieces. You could tell just by a quick scan before one word becomes another, one sentence becomes another, one sentence is deleted, other sentences are added. The high roll like that, you get the feeling that this was a message one that was going to reveal some sort of secret to you. Uh, as you watch, the words have reformed and the scroll is in front of you. As you read it, you can hear... Ogma's voice in your head. You disappointed me greatly recently, darling. TV, when we first spoke, you asked me if there was a way that you could live forever, if you could achieve immortality. And the answer that I gave you is that yes, the way for you to become immortal is out there. Yes, your body will live for a long time, but the casing that your artificial soul is in will eventually degrade. Eventually, your parts will rust, and if there's not industry to replace those parts, if technology has not advanced or at least maintained, that would be the end of you. you. A big part of achieving the immortality that you want comes from personal growth. I was very disappointed in your performance with Lady Silverdawn, darling. However, I noticed tonight you showed signs of growth. You showed signs of noticing a flaw in your systems. Even the smart of us, darling, makes a fool of ourselves every once in a while. The ability to learn from them is something that I value highly. So in order to help you in your task of understanding mortals and those around you, I'm going to provide a sort of an upgrade. These words start to fizzle and they become a white smoke. This white smoke surrounds Tifi, starts going into his eyes, his ears, any of the orifices in his head. TV is overwhelmed by the feeling that this smoke is providing. His head is swirling. This is probably the closest thing that he has ever felt to being confused. You're just high, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've upgraded parts of your senses and whatnot, darling. You'll be able to better empathize with mortals around you. This is going to be weird for you at first. You can always turn these functions off, darling. I understand that emotions sometimes get in the way. If you could experience mortals, it would actually help you learn and study them better, darling. And 
perhaps aid you in growing and becoming a better servant of mine. And with that, you feel Ogma's presence leave. Well, that was unusual. If you had a heart and it could beat fast, it would be doing it now. There's a lot of new feelings for you right now. Granted, it's not like the feelings that any of the mortals in here would have. You are not consumed by the emotions that you're feeling right now. This is merely something you are experiencing and you could choose to turn off whenever you want. Nice. It's what we call anti-anxieties. Oh, um, that might explain a few things. This is, um, this is very good news. Thank you, Ogma. TV can now feel something that might be called happiness in the back of his mind. Or rage, or fucking, (laughs) (laughs) or lust. That silver dawn will die. (laughs) (laughs) TP picks up his weapon and marches back to the (laughs) order. So, it's morning. We slept. Yes. Okay, so when we get up in the morning, I I call these guys. I call the the, the rest of the party that's not on the ship. Figure that uh, Mal and Gonk are probably busy getting the ship ready, whatever. So I get on my Rocky Talkie. And you call and, the uh, Thundercats. And I call the Thundercats. <laughs> I, I say, uh... He, he calls exactly. Thundercat Ho. <laughs> Snarf! <laughs> I say, hey, y'all, y- you want to help me uh, s- suit up Tiffy in some new g- gear? He going to get all all spiffy today. We going to need your, uh... We going to need all of the Queer Eye team to help him out. So if y'all could come on down, <laughs> let's meet in the uh, in the courtyard, and then we're going to go to over to, uh... TV, what's the what's the clothing store you wanted to go to? Was it um, was it Macy's? I, I would like to uh, visit a haberdashery and um, anything. I, I, I want uh, scarves. I want I want to see everything. I've never tried clothes before. Just, All right, just basic necessities. We're going to the Fantasy Gap, y'all. I, w- I want Kevin to just be like, "Is it okay if I'm not a queer?" <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. We gonna need the, we gonna need the, them skills. I, uh, so it's a, it's a it's a group. It message. goes straight to voicemail. Yeah, it's a <laughs> <laughs> I go, hey Lothario, uh, what what you doing? You want to come down and, and buy some clothes, or uh, you probably naked, huh? The only sound you hear back is a light slapping noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he was trying to turn it off. He but turned the speakerphone on just so I could hear that. Oh, yeah, so like kind of in the background, if you guys don't have the volume off or you don't silence them, you just kind of hear like this repeated slapping that's going on for really an impressive amount of time. Way to go. Oh, the, no, we silence. Is that just the sound of the Jersey Shore chicks chewing gum still? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> smacking her lips. Yeah. All right, well, then the, the, the rest of us, we meet downstairs at the, at the haberdashery. Kevin and Gertrude. Let's go Kevin and Lothario. Kevin and Gertrude both hear Chud's message. Uh, they also heard moaning because Lothario's room is the room in between Gertrude's and Kevin's. <sighs> Lothario got no sleep. When he comes back, it's going to have a point of exhaustion because he, will. he rolled so well. <laughs> point of exhaustion. <laughs> now, Kevin. We're also, just like Jersey girls, like, yeah, Lothario. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You hear that? <laughs> like, it's terrible. It's amazing. Any of you got to sleep. Now, Kevin and Lothario go way back. We have a history of friends. So, Kevin's familiar with this. But he's also not very smart. He just knows what Lothario tells him. So when Kevin hears that and he sees the shocked looks on his friend's faces, oh, he's just doing his morning exercises. <laughs> he does this often. <laughs> oh my God. Do you need a spotter? <laughs> you just hear from the other room. No, I'm good. <laughs> Stay out. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Gertrude and Kevin make their way downstairs. As they go out and they leave the, through the front door of the tavern they stayed the night at, they see Chud and Tifi approach them. Uh, they also see all the frat brothers from the Temple of Weejas gathered around the well. You see whatever passes for a medic in Duke's court, people with a 
stretcher. They're carrying away the body of the frat brother that Kevin tackled the night before. Vomiting in the well, I think. He yeah. passed out by the well. That's my tackling buddy. <laughs> you hear the frat brothers crying, saying, Nobody partied like Chad, man. We jazz, that dude's playing flip cup with we jazz in the pandemonium right now, bro. That's This dude is fucking metal, man. Chad fucking died? Yeah. Yeah, the king is mine. He partied himself. He had a concussion. Yeah. Or uh, the, all those murders of homeless people. Someone got him. Well, you, didn't, well. you didn't kill him. No. No. I feel like it's related to the murders we're investigating. But I'm going to walk over to the guy who's been saying that. I grab him on the shoulder. I look at him. I say, look at me. Look at me. He looks at you. I'm your captain now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I beat him in beer pong. Yeah. The, the, the fraternity of we just does need a new president, bro. I'll be sure to put you in the running, man. I'll put Kuvon. Is that your name, bro? Kevin's already walked away. There he goes, man. That dude was a legend. Can I make a perception? What are we doing? Perception or investigation? investigation? Or? Uh, you can do an investigation check. Okay. Or you can ask uh, the, the medics or whatever. All right. Oh, I guess I'm there too then. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll ask the medics. i uh, say, uh, what happened here, y'all? I mean, uh, did somebody fall down the well? Oh, my God. This medic, <laughs> this short, burly medic, uh, human medic. Matt Foley. Says to you, the big cigar in his mouth. What do we got over here, Dad? Is that Columbo? I can't see real well. <laughs> New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the other medic's puking his guts out. Uh, when you look at the scene, you see tons of clear cerebral spinal fluid leaking out of this frat guy's ears. Whoa. That looked- <laughs> uh, the medic said, yeah, this is why you don't drink and party in excess. We pick up more of these wee-jazz frat boys every year from this crazy partying they do. It looks like he took a lot of blunt force trauma to the back of the head at some point. Got concussed pretty bad, fell asleep when he shouldn't have. You didn't hit him with an axe, did you? No. Okay. Um, tackled him into the ground. <laughs> when he tackled him into the ground, that caused him a think, head injury? I don't think you were there for that. I wasn't. No, no, so you don't know. I know. Yeah, we follow Weejazz, man. That's a god of, like, chaotic fucking evil, man. And there's nothing more fucking chaotic than, party, than dying while partying, bro. And this dude fucking lived it, man. And all hail Chad! All hail Chad! <laughs> you hear all the members. Sounds of like the, they're worshiping me, y'all. <laughs> you hear all the members of the fraternity start joining him. All hail Chad! All hail Chad! All hail Chad! I feel uh, like this is like a Return of the Jedi Ewok <laughs> situation here. Are they really? I, I, I'm not your god, y'all. <laughs> so Gertrude hears all this and leans into Kevin. Kevin, I uh. I think I flirted too hard. <laughs> I've never killed a man from flirting before. Usually it's not till we get back to my room, but... Gertrude looks at herself like, you still got it. Sees a reflection. <laughs> yeah. behind her. Just does the little, like, smoking... Does the little lick and then the touch on her yeah. hiney just... <laughs> I still, like... I feel like he might be related to this murders that we were investigating. So I rolled an investigation. I have a nine. You have a nine? Yeah. I rolled a 20. Hard to say. There are a lot of clues, a lot of unanswered avenues, Kevin thinks. I just rolled a 20, and I've got a plus four in investigation. Chud, whether you choose to share this or not, you get the feeling that this guy died of just blunt force trauma to the back of the head from the night before. Just a sweet tackle on a drunk guy. 
Uh, well, I don't want it wasn't the tackle that killed him. It was the the, the bad of the the self care afterwards. <laughs> yes, you're right. It was the <laughs> lack of medical care afterwards. You know, when you shoot somebody, it's not the bullet that killed them. It was the lack of medical care afterwards. <laughs> <Yeah>. You should <laughs> always <laughs> wear a helmet. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this to myself. This is my inner monologue, but those look like uh, kitty paw prints, uh, fingerprints on this guy's head. Um, <laughs> yikes! You look over. Kevin's just licking his paw. <laughs> I whisper to Kevin, I say, I think you might have killed this man. I think I'm going to tell Tiffy, actually, because I, I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kevin would <clears throat> take it badly. Yeah. And he didn't mean to kill the guy, so I, I just sort of whispered to Tiffy on the side, I think uh, Kevin might have killed that man. Um, my investigation uh, revealed some kitty paw prints and looked like blunt force trauma. The uh, medical officer tries to walk away. I just say, hey, just one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's from the show. Yeah. That's <laughs> a callback. First time he's ever laughed. Nice. <laughs> he has emotion now. So, yeah, I tell TV what I think happened. Wait, I could f- tell Gertrude, too, but I think I keep TV's like, Right there, so I just whisper it to him. If this is the first time Tiffy laughed, he's not really sure how to do it, right? Oh, so God. Just Laughter like, ah! horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Laughter comes from the heart, okay? And now that he has emotion, it was a z- simple chuckle. It was, yeah. it was fine. <laughs> Roll like, I want it to be like a baby. <laughs> Can it be like a baby laugh? Because you're still like honing those. <laughs> Okay, I rolled 11 minus 1 charisma. (laughs) It's a 10. Your laugh sounds like it's not completely alien. It's a facsimile of a human laugh, but it's still not great. It sounds a lot like... It sounds a lot like Jack Nicholson's Joker's laugh when he dies at the end of Batman and that recording here. Are the frat guys, uh, are the frat guys offended? Oh my god, no. that is. That's good. That was good. That is terrifying. That's scary as hell. Yeah, it sounds like that, and it's terrifying to everybody. They're not insulted by us laughing? Remember, these people worship a chaotic evil god. Yeah. This they was the most heard that and thought he was crying. <laughs> I guess I don't feel so bad if they're all chaotic evil. Nobody wants me to animate these bones, right? <laughs> he wakes up, that motherfucker killed me! As you guys are leaving the scene, the younger new guy who was puking his guts puking out in the corner guts. pulls himself together, wipes his mouth, and they carry the body of Chad away, uh, presumably to the morgue. You guys leave, you guys make your way to the other side of the merchant district looking for a haberdashery. The first haberdashery you see by chance just happens to be Mrs. Caitlin's haberdashery. You suspect that this is another shop owned by the canary-owning Mrs. Caitlin, who you guys That's met. That's the woman that But we're Lothario... wrong. It's a different Caitlin. <laughs> Lothario already tried to rob her once. Yeah. <laughs> I think Kevin did some shit in her store, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you were like... Toma cats. Did a drive-by yeah, fruiting. Yeah. And fact. I was super rude with my bargaining. <laughs> hmm. Maybe we should go to a different store. <laughs> you guys are welcome. So far, the merchants you guys know about it is Pierre's, the, who's the rude one. There is Hans Supply, which is the one who... We have pissed off everyone. But uh, I only have a coupon for Caitlin's. Oh, do you? <laughs> no. There also, there also was Polite Nigel's, which you guys only stopped in briefly. I think we should go to Polite Nigel's. He sounds fairly polite. I'm trying to work on being more polite. That's very fitting. Yeah, let's go learn from Nigel. 
As you guys open the door, you hear the fanciest Victorian bell. Like it all. You guys enter the store. You see rack after rack of immaculate clothing for all sorts of occasions, warm weather, cold weather. You see fine Victorian suits, fine Victorian dresses. You see more casual wear, just some simple knickers. You see clothing for peasants, clothing for nobles. This is the Men's Fashion Depot, and its prices will not be beat. It is then that you hear polite Nigel from the back. Hello and welcome to my store. Please feel free to peruse anything you see that you would like to uh, try on. Please let me know. Thank you. Uh, could could you measure my friend, please? Absolutely. Which one? Right Me. here. Oh, this strapping young chap. A, a chap, right? Oh. Uh, you dress like Lothario, right? Uh, actually, I'm, I I would have re- gone back to Tiffy's uh, bald <laughs> blank, face. blank face. I do hope that chap was the correct term to use. I don't want to be offend you at all. Here at Polite Night, we do have a certain decor we like to keep up. Well, um, I'm actually not sure. What? He's not big on pronouns. The elves have a more gender fluid. Uh, let me look at our elvish garb, if that's something. Um, if, do you like the, the, the long flowing robes of traditional elf? What do you guys foresee? Well, hmm. as you can see, I'm just wearing my cleric um, tabard and uh, my armor. Um, I would like to keep my armor on, but. Dress it up a little bit. Just Do you have any jorts? <laughs> oh, yes. Well, look at our jort aisle. <laughs> is it a whole aisle? I'd like to try on everything. <laughs> TV, I'm going to go check out these jorts real quick. <laughs> he points to the commoner aisle, the commoner <laughs> section. Got any cow-sized jorts? No, uh, I just think what we should do is, if you give him the measurements and then just kind of suit him up in different outfits, because he's never really worn clothes and doesn't know what kind of fashion he and likes. Can you play Macklemore while you do all that? <laughs> We'd like you to put Macklemore on on the uh, intercom as well. He needs to find his own style. I agree. I just think we should see him in some different looks and maybe uh, vote. <laughs> Male, female, whatever, androgynous, try everything. Yeah, dress like young thug. Absolutely. And as you guys are talking, giving this description, a uh, this tall, uh, balding human, gray hair. It looks like Alfred from the Batman animated cartoon. Did you, <laughs> you know? just watch Batman or something? I am Batman. Okay. <laughs> like Nigel has his tape measure out. He's measuring TV's inseam. He writes down each of the numbers. He asks Tifi to hold an arm out, gets a measurement of Tifi's arm. Is Nigel able to see that you're Warforged while doing this? Um, you know what? Tifi's going to go out on a limb and say, Well, Nigel, this is going to be difficult, but I'm actually... And he just drops the disguise. Polite Nigel is taken aback. He is a polite person, so he doesn't exactly jump out of his seat. Oh, um... I did not expect to be finding a Warforged in my facility. I do apologize for uh, the extreme amount of shock that I just displayed right now. That is very uncharacteristic of polite Nigel. And a slight eyebrow raise. <laughs> and I just like you to know, uh, Mr. Artificarian. Mr. Artificarian. Arthur Woods. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'd like you to know that Mr. Artificarian was it? Yes. Ah, yes. That discretion is something that we prize very highly at Polite Nigel's because we want your business. Good. I, I went out on a limb to do that. Okay, I'm fine. And I, Thank I would, you. The last thing I would want is for somebody to be uh, out on a limb and just be left hanging there. Uh, You're doing good, Tiffy. Keep it up. Keep it up, buddy. 
Uh, that is the type of thing they would do at Pierre and Sons down the street. They are very rude there. Mm. That's not polite, Nigel's. Uh, TV, uh, he begins scribbling down the last of the measurements in his book and says, mm, let's see. Okay, I'm just going to go out and bring out a variety of things, uh, things I think would look good on somebody of your size and stature, and you and your compatriots can choose which one you like the most. And with that, he abruptly stands up, turns around, and just starts grabbing clothes off the shelf. Uh, He is an old hand at this, somebody who has worked in fashion his whole life. And with surprising speed for uh, such an elderly gentleman, he comes back with a stack of clothing. He hands it to TV and says, "Uh, The dressing room is just in the back over there. Please feel free to take as long as you like. Please ring me if there are any questions. Um, TV doesn't have (laughs) private parts, so he just... I do ask, I do ask, I understand that, that you are, or, or not, uh, you do not have uh, unmentionables. However. Oh, right. Of, of course. We, Sorry. We, we do. We got to make sure you use the dressing room. It don't matter if you got no wiener. That's right. I, I need to remember to try to do things like other people. I'm okay with it out in the open here. Yeah. I just, just I don't think polite Nigel was going to like that. Maybe polite Nigel needs to be a little naughty. <laughs> Is there anything I could get the lady? Are you here for her too? Looks at Chud. <laughs> oh, she maybe a glove for that one weird hand. No, uh. <laughs> I like. I am proud of my jelly hands. She does like the jelly. TV leaves to go to the dressing room as polite Nigel gives the same face to Gertrude's jelly hand as he gave to TV becoming a warforge, except like. Maybe with a bit more disgust on the jelly. You're <laughs> just not so polite about yeah. what you never seen a jelly ham before? Oh no, I've I I'm dreadfully sorry, ma'am. Dreadfully sorry. Would you like uh, 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 tell me? Uh, would you like a hat, complimentary of the house, uh, for my dreadfully rude reaction? Sure. And Gertrude goes to lean in. She takes her jelly hand and she rubs it down his <laughs> polite Nigel's face and says. Sure, handsome, and does a little finger tap on his cheek. He looks like a polite British version of Sigourney Weaver from that scene in Aliens 3 where the alien is in Sigourney (laughs) and she has her head turned to the side. Imagine like slime on his face. Yeah, and I have to imagine more slime than the alien. It's an audio medium, so you have to picture a British man's face kind of shaking, but like fighting, resisting, Mm. shaking, and trying not to look away. Uh, uh, you, it's not just any hat, uh, but I, I, he brings out a selection of three. These it's are three. this dunce cap. <laughs> God damn it. He brings out a variety it's of... It's a ball cap with like the two beer holders <laughs> on the I side. I was thinking either two. that or the one with the little spinny top. <laughs> and then I kind of wanted like a really beat up cowboy hat that doesn't fit properly. Which one do you, which one do you want? Fake scalp. I think I want the cowboy hat that doesn't fit quite right. Ooh. Okay. Polite Nigel uh, leaves and comes back with three very fancy Victorian lady hats. We're just talking. so you know, uh, this whole time you guys have been doing this, Kevin's just trying on top hats in the back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. can, can they all look the same? And you're just going between two of the same ones. Just like, you have I to don't know which one. Uh, just imagine a montage. You don't see Kevin putting them on. Just like flashes Kevin in a bowler hat. Kevin in a barbershop quartet straw hat. Pilby. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin in a Viking helmet. Kevin in just all these weapons. A lot of very, very similar but slightly different top hats. Yeah. I want one of them to be that Steve Martin like a headband with the arrow through the, through the head, too. Gertrude, you have the choice between three classy Victorian hats. As he brings them out, he can see the displeased look on her face. At Gertrude the will say it, too. Mm. This is all you got. This is shit. I'm sorry. I guess I have a little bit of trouble um, finding something the lady would like. I said hats, not diapers. <laughs> 
I can't have feathers around the cat. And it is at that moment that in the refuse bin, kind of behind the counter, <laughs> that she can see dirty cowboy hat, says Corona, kind of. <laughs> Looks like it's been run over by a few wagons. Yeah. Well, can I be just like, look, like, don't you have something more like, uh, and she's looking around and pointing, and then she just sees it, like, but, and it's like, time stops, and she slowly zooms in, and there's light coming from it. It's, this thing calls to her. She hears friends in low places in a heavenly voice. <laughs> <laughs> calls I've her. got friends in low places. <laughs> Polite Nigel can see that you're looking at this hat. Is this the one you want, madame? I have never been so certain about anything in my life before. The customer satisfaction is the highest priority at Polite Nigel's. He walks over to the trash can. He pulls out a handkerchief in one, snaps it open, and then he starts rubbing some of the mysterious fluid that's on this hat. He walks over to Gertrude, and he puts the hat on the handkerchief that he just wiped it down with, never letting his skin touch this hat, even for a second, <laughs> and hands it to Gertrude. Here you go, my lady. I hope this makes all of your dreams come true. Could you try it on for me? Gertrude probably sees the, the him not touching it directly and sees that as a sign of like, oh, this is so nice. It's he doesn't want to... It's respect. He doesn't want to scuff it. <laughs> it's, like an, it's like another dog doesn't get their scent on a bed. <laughs> Gertrude just slowly puts it on in front of the mirror. The the angel, <laughs> the angelic music just comes back in. <laughs> yeah. uh, just roll me a charisma check. Plus zero, so <laughs> I rolled a nine. This doesn't affect the way you see the oh, hat. Oh, I look like a straight up 40. The way Gertrude sees herself, this role has nothing to do with that. So Gertrude, you could you could still hear the friends in low places and all that, but everybody else, you just see somebody put a shitty hat on a turd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> on a turd. <laughs> <laughs> Our like, dungeon master just called Gertrude a turd. I love that. But like a nice turd, right? Gertrude turd. One a solid turd. Gertrude. Gertrude. We're going to call her Turdrude. Turdrude. But it is a cowboy hat, so despite the fact that it looks all beat up, I'm like, damn, that's a real good looking hat. I like that style on you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right, Chiefy, what did you get? Let's get this on with. Tiffy, describe the next few outfits that you come out in. Okay, first uh, Tiffy comes out uh, with like... A total femme outfit. Um, you know, it's like a yellow dress with polka dots. It's like a, a you know, spring, like air, light airy dress. You know, um, and uh, Tifi like what kind comes, of shoes. Oh, um, uh, just Crocs. <laughs> some some flats. I don't know. Okay. This maybe black. They don't really fit. They they don't go with it. It's Can we roll for each one of these and see how well he rocks each one of these? Yes. Uh, give me a straight d20. To, uh, 12. But every outfit has a hat, so he's got like a, one of those big floppy like a bonnet. Yes. TV comes out in this bright yellow polka dotted sundress. He does a twirl, so the dress spins. <laughs> he has a big white hat looking like Julie Roberts trying on hats. I also picture him having big white sunglasses on. He blows a kiss to everybody, but with the 12, everybody kind of just shakes their head. Yeah, that's right. not bad. I think he could do better, though. Gertrude's sitting now. She Flash to TV coming out with the next outfit. What is it? This one, uh, since Chud's got a cowboy hat, Gertrude's got a cowboy hat now, TV's going to try the cowboy look. Um, and uh, he... he uh, Does it look like Woody in Toy Story? It <laughs> just happens to be that while you're showing us this outfit, Kevin is now trying on a cowboy hat that is way too small for him. Oh, <laughs> oh a tiny cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, yeah, uh, he, he looks like a kid dressed up as a cowboy. Oh, I hope he gets a good roll on this. 
13. Slightly better. TV comes out this time from the dressing room doing kind of a Western rock <laughs> and, like, and like pretending like he's holding two pistols. He's he's bow-legged. I, I feel like his role is the outfit looks good, but his walk is really ruining it. <laughs> <laughs> he looks a lot like Woody from Toy Story. <laughs> he has the cowboy hat. There's a snake in my poop. <laughs> Jesus. But because he didn't roll high enough, the group sees the outfit, chuckles a little bit at the snake in the boot comment, but then shakes their head no. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I think it's a good look, but what do you think? Identity theft is a very serious crisis that affects millions of people every year, TV. She makes a good point. Oh, um, yes, I'm just trying new things. Um, Let me see. Uh, what's next? Flash 2, TV coming out with his third outfit. We'll do this as many times as it takes for you to come out with a good roll. Okay. <laughs> Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> uh, this one. With a I'm... boy in each hand like a puppet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about this one, and it kind of fits TV more. Um, this his attitude. Uh, he comes out with like a deer stalker, which is like the Sherlock Holmes hat, and a monocle, awesome. and just like, you know, the the, you know, Overcoat, the trench overcoat. Uh, it's total, um, maybe not exactly Sherlock Holmes, but you know, pocket watch and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he, he, meanwhile, he already has his smoker's pipe for every every one of these outfits. He's had his smoker's pipe, his even outfit. the sundress. The dress, <laughs> yeah. Let's see it with the sundress. It was a bubble pipe. Yeah. Oh, 16. You rolled a six. Holy shit, this might be his new look. I like it. You guys will have final authority. Tiffy comes out this time. He has minor illusion, a basset hound behind him that's like picking up a scent. He's pretending that he has a magnifying glass. I pressed to digitate uh, magnifying glass. No glass in there. That's yeah. too difficult, but I, I make the, the shape of a magnifying glass. Yeah. yeah ignoring, you have a monocle, too, though. Ignoring personal space boundaries, he gets right up close to each of our faces with our, his eye to our eye through the magnifying glass. <laughs> you hear polite Nigel from the background. Bravo. That is props. That is my favorite form. Quite classy. Elementary, my dear Tiffy. <laughs> Precisely. So, TV comes out in this outfit. TV is dressed in quite a nice outfit right now. What What do you guys all think? Uh, what? If, how about with and and without my um, illusory face? So he he adds the uh, the the TV um, human skin look <laughs> and then uh, drops it and and just goes as Warforged for you know just to give both. I don't care about your loser face, but I think your body's rocking in that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a mixed compliment TV, there. If TV oh, could blush, was, he does. You said and it was kind of does like a, a, a illusory like illusion. Not, I know, okay. but <laughs> Gertrude's dumb. The illusory face. <laughs> <laughs> if if TV could blush, he he would. Uh, no, no blushing, but the the face uh, contorts to that of a like a bashful smile and does the little kind of a TV he. Kevin was really feeling this whole montage thing. And so he comes out of a dressing room. He's wearing a like a red Adidas tracksuit with stripes down the side. You know, oh, classic. Nice. He does like a little turn for you guys, and then he rips it off. It's one of those breakaway suits. <laughs> and he's just got his regular outfit underneath. <laughs> so, that, that then you like it. This is, this feels good. I, I like this. I'm happy. Kevin puts his hand on his shoulder. And says, "I dislike this one the least." I, I do like that outfit, and I think you should get it. But felt you know, ladies, fellas, I got I got an idea. We got to investigate these homeless killings. I was thinking maybe I could pose as a homeless person and try to uh, 
learn something or get murdered. One of those two. But if y'all could like hide out and try to ambush the demons when they come and get me, here's what I was thinking. Uh, Polite Nigel, can you reach into that refuse barrel there and get me out some clothes suitable for a vagabond? Actually, Gertrude is already dressed for a homeless person. <laughs> uh, yes, these are some waste clothing. People, because I sell clothing, people think this is uh, perhaps some sort of goodwill type establishment. Occasionally I get people giving me boxes of clothing. Usually I just give it to the homeless and he sees Gertrude. Clearly my clothing has made the rounds. Uh, you know, do you just pull out an outfit from the box? It's exactly what Gertrude is wearing. <laughs> it's pulls Gertrude's out clothes. Yeah. <laughs> the he pulls out a mirror. The tag say Gertrude. Gertrude. <laughs> yeah. He pulls out some shitty leather armor that looks suspiciously like blue sweatpants. <laughs> and, and a sweatshirt a, with a Tweety, a Tweety Bird sweatshirt. Yeah, and, yes. and, a, and a Tweety Bird sweatshirt. A pair of sweatpants that add plus five to your hips. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, your hips points. Yeah. Definitely says juicy on the ass <laughs> yeah. of the sweatpants that he pulls out. He hands them to Gertrude. Yes, I think you should have a change of clothes just in case something happens to the current costume you have right now, ma'am. Oh, it's very sweet of you. These are very nice. Thank you. Good luck to you. I really hope you get to the bottom of these murders. They've been drastically affecting business here in the Merchant Quarter. Yes, they even murdered one of the frat boys last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Gertrude looks at him. Good cover. Yes. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's uh-huh. right. Well, we got to f- get to the bottom of that, don't we? Hmm. That's one of the murders. We'll also yeah. investigate. Kevin wrote the book, If I Did It. Yeah. <laughs> Here's how I would have done it. All right, so is he outfitting me and her then, or just her? Uh, uh, he gave her clothes, and if you, would you like clothing as well? I mean, if you got anything that'll fit me, otherwise I guess I could just sort of well, pre- um, press the digitator, cast disguise. Should, um, maybe... It would be better for you to be one of the people, um, since you're a wizard, to to be hiding and watching. I can turn invisible, I'm so that might be a good idea. Better at receiving damage, physical damage. I, I'm very, very armored. Up. You're a tough one. Hey, Chad, one time I did this thing where I had a friend who was like kind of a cop situation where I was told if I go stand out on the street and try to sell my body for sex, he would be the lookout and he would come and stop the guys and arrest them. Hmm. I mean, it didn't really play out that way, but you could be the guy who's watching. (laughs) Sounds more like a pimp. (laughs) No, I don't think so. That is as good a place as any to end the episode. Let's do some plugs. Clint Beiser, where can people find you? Um, apparently, you can find me on airplanes. My friend just uh, saw an episode of the Treehouse Guys on their flight and uh, tweeted me about it. No way. So, that's awesome. That's so uh, you can see me on the airplanes up up in the sky sometimes. Uh, so just, super just cool. fly around until you see one of my episodes. What airline? I don't know. I'll have to ask him. <laughs> so next time you're watching Treehouse Guys, the most fuckable one of the construction guys, let's just pretend that one's Clint. I haven't seen the show. Don't know who's on it. But let's just pretend that that's the one stroking your lumberjack fantasies. I'll give you a hint. I have red hair. And I still had hair then. <laughs> I was just going to ask. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Dave Callens, where can people find you? Uh, they could find me at Sharkadile on Twitter or Instagram, although no one has yet, so... <laughs> Speak for yourself. Let's correct that. Let's blow up Dave's inbox with dick pics. Can you? Can, our, can the fans <laughs> yeah. do that? Can the fans join me in this? I'm going to be doing it, and I hope the rest Any of Any I receive, I'll be forwarding to Davey. Win-win. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Egan, where can people find you? You can find me at Jesse Egan Comedy on all social media. 
and I appreciate you following the journeys of this sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. If Vicky fucking Barbalak, that's right, the Vicky Barbalak of America's Got Talent is I didn't traveling. I you knew her middle name. <laughs> I get to travel with her on some of the West Coast dates. So if you're following Vicky Barbalak and you go see her on the East Coast, you will see my evil East Coast doppelganger. But if you watch her on the <laughs> West Coast, you probably get to see her with me. Who's your doppelganger? I've never met him, but. S.C. Jeegan. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't like him. He yeah. sounds pretentious. Bud Chingsley. <laughs> Sarah Lee Steiner, where can people find you? You can find me at Sarah Lee Magic. And thank you to the one person who messaged me saying they watched the show or listened to the show. So, hey. Did they like it? Yes. Oh, good. Yeah, they said I was a, a video I posted of us in the studio here. And they were like, yay, can't wait for the next one. That's awesome. We see the numbers. They're rising. Thank you guys for your support. We're at that level where the bar for uh, fan participation is really low. So if you want to name the next character Penis McGee, that is still something that can happen. We can be bought very low right now. So (laughs) if you guys want to contribute to the show, we would love for you to interact in any way. If you guys want to ask any of our characters questions or... Or just have us come party at your parents' house when they're gone. Did you almost We're there. just pimp us out? Yeah, 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 a little bit. That's my job, Damien. If you send me $50, <laughs> you can fuck any member of the cast. <laughs> nope. You guys if you send me a box of donuts, maybe. <laughs> Quick shout out to two people behind the scenes, help the show a lot. Thank you very much to Joe Camacho, who helps with story writing elements. And thank you to Keaton O'Malley, who helped with the music. And thank you to the countless musicians who I have ripped music from and given credit to in the episodes. You help create the environment that this adventure is set in. Can you ask uh, Malison if she has any anything she wants to plug? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, Mal- who just popped in? Oh, uh, look, yeah. Real quick, look who just popped in. Malison, kill. Mal's here. Is there anything you'd like to plug? No. You sure? You sure? <laughs> we, got this, we got this time. I'll give it to you. No. And with that, I think that's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Later, nerds. <laughs>